Hello, everyone. It's Catherine with your God Works podcast. Picking up where I left off in episode four, it was January 1993. Fortunate enough to get my old job back, nothing felt better than planting my feet back in St. Pete. Everything has vibes. Houses have vibes, as do cities and buildings. People give off vibes, some good and some downright dark and scary. But the city of St. Pete had an energy that fueled me spiritually. Speaking from my own personal experience, when my spiritual tank is filled, I have a full charge. And I finally had clarity about my four months in Orlando. Moving away and detaching from the familiar was like decluttering and purging things, like emptying out old garbage. So when I returned to St. Pete, I made new friends and had no desire to make contact with the drinkers I was associated with before moving. Work was going great, and I had what seemed to be the perfect balance in my life personally, professionally, and socially. So I guess sometimes we have to make the wrong move to make the right move. I still had feelings for the Floridian, and I still prayed for signs. And inevitably, I would hear our little song titled, A Heart Needs a Second Chance by 38 Special playing on the radio. It would bring me peace. And though I wasn't with the Floridian and really didn't know if I ever would be, I continued to put forth the effort to meet men and date. So one time I met a guy at an after-work social. He was an attorney, nice-looking, and a good conversationalist. That next weekend, we met at Harvey's, my favorite little restaurant. I left my car in the parking lot and rode with him to an arena football game that was being played at what was once called the Sun Dome. Now it's called Tropicana Field. For starters, he absentmindedly ran a red light in downtown St. Pete. Fortunately, no other cars were coming through the intersection. But when the game started and I didn't understand the differences in the NFL and the NAL, every time I asked a question like, why is there no punting on fourth down? My date shouted at me. His tone and demeanor were frightening, so I politely excused myself to the restroom, never to return. Instead, I walked across the street to the St. Petersburg Police Department, explained to an officer that I was on a first and last date with someone who I felt a little threatened by. The police officer officer understood and was kind enough to give me a ride back to Harvey's. I went inside to use the restroom before getting in my car to leave, and on my way out, I saw him through the restaurant windows, wheeling through the parking lot in his Camaro. I raced to the back of the establishment and out the door I flew, running through the back alley of the strip mall. I carefully headed back toward the front and ran inside a package store. Frantically, I told the clerk I needed to hide from someone. I told him the guy's name and what he was driving and to let me know if he saw him leaving. He put me in a back room and shut the door. About 15 minutes later, the clerk opened the door in the room where I was hiding and said he saw the guy leave. With the coast clear, I headed back to Harvey's, and I asked the bartender and waitresses, who I knew from being a regular there, if he had come in to look for me. They warned me that he was really mad, like the kind of mad that he would have been violent had he been able to get his hands on me. And that was my fear about this guy. I zeroed in on something that wasn't quite right. Due to the tone he was using while I was at the arena football game with him. And then it struck me that the time we had first met, his friends were with him, and they joked that every time he had a date, something crazy happened with the woman. I swear it wasn't the woman. After my experience, there was something crazy about him. And if they had dated him a time or two, they would know. 
I was so glad I didn't let this guy pick me up at my home so he wouldn't know where I lived. But when I got back to my home, he had left a scathing message on my answering machine, screaming and yelling, Why did you do that? I can't believe you did that to me. Do you know how embarrassed and humiliated I was? And I I was already cringing and I was just listening to his voice over a message on an answering machine. He called back later again that night. Called back the next day. I finally called and left him a message and told him I was fine and not to call me again. Thankfully, he didn't. Our bodies talk. When we get bad vibes from people or places, we really do need to take heed. So meeting the wrong guys made me pine for the Floridian. He never scared me. In fact, having met him is what had brought me closer to God. Yet it had now been four years since we'd met, and I was growing weary and starting to believe the signs could go on forever, but the reunion would never come. One night, I was in the bathroom applying makeup, getting ready to go out with my friend Cindy, and I prayed, Dear God, I have waited and believed, hoped and prayed, and had so many signs that TJ has a significant reason to be a part of my life. But if we aren't meant to be together, can we at least be friends? I really just want to see and talk to him again, even if all we are meant to be is friends. And yes, his name is TJ. Cindy picked me up and we were traveling down Gulf Boulevard. While she drove, I admired all the hotel lights on the beachside. Suddenly, for whatever reason I do not know, I turned my head toward the shopping district, which was opposite the beach. There, pumping gas at a mobile station, stood the Floridian, TJ. Cindy, turn the car around, I begged. What, she asked. Turn the car around and drive up into that mobile station and pull up beside that white car. So she did. I rolled the window down. Hey, he said with a smile that for the first time in a long time made me feel like maybe the past had finally been forgiven and forgotten. Where are you going, he asked. My heart skipped a beat. To the hurricane, I said. That was a popular hangout on St. Pete Beach. I'll follow you there. My heart skipped another beat. Then later it dawned on me. The date was June 26, 1993, exactly four years from the date that we had met. We arrived at the hurricane, sat at a table outside on the upper deck under a patio umbrella. We talked and laughed as if four years hadn't passed us by. We talked so long we closed the hurricane down that night, one in the morning. And before we left, he asked for my number because by this time I had a new number and address since our last meeting. I didn't sleep a week that night. Before we parted ways, he said he would call me. I thought it would be the next day, but it wasn't. I was giving up hope again. Not another four years, I thought. I would have to move on and leave it with, well, at least we had had a nice conversation, and if that's all it was, then I would have to accept it. But a few days later, he surprised me when he called and asked me out. We went to dinner and a movie, and I just knew we would have a second date, a third, and many, many more to follow. But it didn't happen that way. Tune into my next podcast and follow me along my spiritual journey detailing how God has worked in my life from then until now. And remember, no matter what you are going through or how bad things get, you can find God right where you are because God is always right there with you. Thanks for listening. May blessings flow your way today.